1: I don't know about you. Um, I live in, I live in a pretty regular neighborhood. Like literally, I think if you took a look at the neighborhood that I live in, Gold Bar in East Edmonton, it's your pretty much, it's your middle of the road, right? Like it, it's, there's some nice houses, there's some high density housing, and and everything in between. There's nothing too fancy. There's nothing too not fancy. Nothing high end. Nothing low end. It's really pretty much middle of the road, average. Run of the mill neighborhood for the province of Alberta, I would think. And there are marijuana shops everywhere. It's like literally every strip mall in the neighborhood has at least one marijuana shop, but some have two. I don't know how they all, it, it's crazy. This is what we're going to get into. I did a, you know, just prepping last night. I was going through this study that we're going to talk about. And so I decided, you know what, there seems like there's a lot in my neighborhood. So I just went onto Google Maps and I put in cannabis stores, right? And then I decided, okay, anyone that's within four kilometers, I will count anything beyond that we won't. But within a four kilometer radius of my house, there are 11 cannabis shops, I mean, how many do we need four kilometers? You can walk there in a half an hour. You can walk to 11 of them within a half an hour. It's craziness. Only one or two have seemed to have shut down, though. They all still seem to be going. I don't know how how they're doing, but that's what we're going to talk about because it's been almost five years now since we went legal with marijuana. And those studying the industry in Canada say it's all starting to catch up. In some places, but not everywhere. We're going to chat with Michael J. Armstrong, who is an Associate of Operations Research at Brock University. Michael, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you for inviting me. It's a resting study that you conducted here, and like I say, I think we've all noticed it. I don't know, depending on where you are in the country, but here in Alberta, anyway, literally every strip mall has a cannabis shop. I mean, is it unusual? Is it is it the same across the country, or are we an outlier here?
0: You are at the head of the pack, um Alberta has more cannabis stores per capita than any other province. You've got about 16 stores for every 100,000 residents. Wow. Uh here in Ontario we're we're closer to average. We've got about 11. Um, but if you look in the east uh coast provinces, uh Quebec uh, they're much smaller. They they have government-owned stores there, which are not as aggressive in opening outlets. So Quebec only has about one store for every 100,000 people. So you've got 16 times as many stores as Quebec.
1: <laughs> what are you seeing in terms of, I mean, obviously, when you've got that much competition, it might be good for the customer, but bad for the retailer. I mean, how does this break down? What's the impact of all these stores?
0: Well, the uh, impact uh, in the total sense has been... To boost uh, legal sales, which is part of the, you know, part of the reason to have legalization was to have the legal market replace the illegal one. Right, right. So the provinces that have opened more stores, as provinces like Alberta have added more stores, you've seen legal sales total increase. So it's good on that sense. The disadvantage is as that retail pie has gotten larger, the individual slices of that pie for each store have gotten smaller. So the uh, when the first uh, seventy-five or so stores opened in Alberta, going back you know four years, spring 2019, uh, they were getting about $180,000 of sales per store on average. Now they're under $100,000 wow. uh, sales per store on average, and that makes making it increasingly tough for those stores to cover their costs. And stay in business. Of
1: course it is. Absolutely. Makes sense. What about, you know, some of the places um, that don't have that kind of uh, frequency of cannabis store locations? Obviously, they're still selling, but their margins are going to be better, I would assume.
0: Margins, as it's difficult to tell what the margins are because they're not public information, but the margins don't seem to change very much. Like Even if you look at the, you might think, oh, well, you know, the government monopolies are going to charge high prices, but it turns out they don't really seem to do that. Like Quebec, the prices are very similar to what we have in Ontario. Uh, You know, you can get your basic uh, value price, dry cannabis for under $4 per gram, taxes included, in Ontario or in Quebec. Uh, instead, what the big difference is, because the the government retailers have not opened as many stores, they're getting more sales per store. So Quebec, for example, uh, an average store is doing about five hundred thousand dollars worth of sales, uh, so about five times as much volume wow. per store as you're seeing in Alberta. So they don't need a bigger margin because uh, they've got five times as much uh, that they can cover their costs that way and actually earn a decent profit for the Treasury.
1: Yeah, amazing. Okay, well, it makes sense, right? It stands to reason. Um, so ultimately what happens here, I mean, isn't this this is the way that a market economy is going to work? If you're here in Alberta and we've got that many, we've got more than we need, some of them are just going to go away, aren't they, Michael?
0: That is uh, very likely. So you know, the provincial governments five years ago, each province made its own decision: are you going to go public sector, or are you going to have the private sector, free yeah. enterprise route? So Alberta, Ontario, uh, the other Prairie Western provinces, all you know, okay, we're going to have free enterprise. So yeah, and in, in some to some extent, this is just a classic capitalist um, boom and probably bust scenario. Um, each entrepreneur has made a bet that they can make a go of it. Some of those bets are not going to play out. So I expect we'll see fewer stores over time, or, or to some extent you'll see stores merge. Uh, you know, have a comment, you'll yeah. see the chains get larger. That makes them maybe a little bit more efficient. Um, the drawback, of course, on the public policy side is that we need the legal market to exist and to survive in order to keep replacing the illegal market. Sure. So, if governments accept the free enterprise approach, they have to recognize there's a potential cost there.
1: gotcha okay I mean so you you want to have it where you've you've maximized the potential in that retail market, but you don't want to go too far one way or the other because there's going to be consequences. you want to hit that sweet spot then
0: that's right so now of course governments don't necessarily have to accept that um, so they what they could do instead is say, okay. You know, it's, it's with those tiny slices of retail sales per store, um, it's getting hard to survive. So, what what else can we do maybe yeah. to make it easier for those stores? So, so far, the uh, provincial governments have mostly done some minor tinkering. So, uh, Alberta, you got rid of the uh, you used to have, require all those campus stores to have opaque windows. Yes. Uh, you got rid of that rule. It makes the stores a little more open, a little more friendly from the street. Uh, not a big deal, but okay, that's a small, small help. Um, here in Ontario, uh, our parental uh, cannabis wholesaler is reducing its wholesale prices uh, by about 5% starting next month. Uh, again, that's not really a big deal, but it'll free up a little more margin for the retailers to capture instead of having the government wholesaler capture it. But I think you're prob- we're probably going to need some bigger changes if we want more of those stores to survive. Uh, so one possibility would be to say, well, you know, why do we have to have standalone cannabis stores? You know, uh, yeah. most most people don't buy their cigarettes in a, cig- in a tobacco store. Those are really scarce. But you buy cigarettes someplace else that happens to sell cigarettes along with groceries or along with whatever. Um, So maybe you could start letting cannabis stores sell other products. So, you know, Alberta has uh, 600 and some cannabis stores. Maybe you need 600 locations, but do you need 600 stores that sell nothing but cannabis? Uh, The example I use here in Ontario, where we have uh, 1,700 stores, uh, is to say, well, you know, in Ontario, there are 20,000 different places you could buy a beer. If you think of all the stores that sell beer and all the, the restaurants that sell yep. beer and the bars that sell beer, there's 20,000 places. But there's only 400 beer stores. There's only 400 places that actually specialize in selling beer. Everybody else sells beer along with something else. So the beer doesn't have to make all the profit. It just It just contributes to it. So that's an option. But, of course, that will require legislative changes.
1: Gotcha. Makes sense, though, right? I mean, those kind of things to be looked at. Michael, it's an interesting study. Thank you so much for walking us through it. I appreciate it. My pleasure.